With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The In This League Podcast Network. In this ring. In this corner. Joe Pizzapia. This corner, Tim Heaney. Gentlemen, let's go. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey B, and welcome to In This Ring, the greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the universe. It's me, it's Tim Heaney, and we are part of InThisLeague.com, the podcast network over there. We had a week off. We are fresh. We are ready to go. The bodies feel good. The voices still probably suck, but that whatever. That's what you're <laughs> used to already. But we are back and better than ever, me and Tim Heaney. We've got extreme rules. It's extreme. It's so extreme. We're going to talk about that. We're going to preview that. We're going to talk about Brock Lesnar and his UFC pushy, touchy-feely nonsense. We're going to talk <laughs> about New Japan, who's hurt, who made it through, who's champ, who's not. Uh, get you caught up on all the New Japan stuff. Plus... Lots of injuries. There's so many injuries. Even announcers are getting injured right now in the world of professional wrestling. And we're going to go back in the Wayback Machine, too, because this past week, there's a lot of Hulk Hogan anniversaries that are fun to chat about and to talk about. And obviously, we can't do In This Ring without our top five. So we're going to do our top five favorite hardcore wrestlers of all time. Tim Heaney, Mm. how do you feel after the week off? Are you refreshed? Are you ready to rock and roll? How's the back? Oh, the back's great, you know, from from carrying the show. Oh, oh but, uh, damn, burn. No, 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 I can't. Nobody I can't cuts you. a heel promo like Tim Heaney. I, I can't say. do you like that, but uh, no, it's uh, <laughs> that was good, good though. Good that man, was quick. Yeah. You were ready. Good holiday. <laughs> good holiday, buddy. <laughs> oh yeah, it was very good. No, I know it was a question. I thought you were gonna just berate no. me some more. I just didn't. <laughs> oh, we have time for that. It's only minute two, so we're, we have time. No, man, holiday was good. We barbecued. We swam. We played games. We had about 15 people over. I cooked a ton of food. Nice. It was a haze of food and drinking and fun, and that was good. How about you? It was a good holiday? Yeah, good holiday. Uh, barbecue, beer, you know, usual stuff. Uh, America. America. You know, right, riding on a tractor with the with machine. The- Machine gun, Marco. So, yeah, you know. that's, that's, I mean, it, I don't know if there's another way to ride a tractor without a machine gun, to be honest with you. I thought they came together. I thought, like John Deere, it's like a package, you know, the size of the machine gun did, equals the size of the lawnmower or trailer. Did you ever see that cartoon where the guy's just riding, like, on a scooter with a shotgun and, like, a, a beer and a hot dog? And he's like, America. No, I haven't, but that sounds about right. That's That's what I have running through my head for July 4th. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a perfect segue for our Wayback Machine. So before we talk about everything going on in the present or what might happen in the future, let's go back and let's go back all the way to 1996 because this week past, 22 years ago, was the birth of the NWO third man, Hulk Hogan. July is a big month for Hulk Hogan, typically in his career, apparently. But 22 years ago... On the 7th was Bash at the Beach 96, where Hollywood Hogan was birthed. So Hulkamania died that day. You actually think, if you actually think I was just the right guy at the right place 
at the raw at the right time let me say it one more time so you completely understand mcmahon and uh, honestly, one of the great, if not the greatest, heel turn of all time, taking the ultimate babyface in the business, turning him heel, getting another decade out of his career, at least out of it. And I went down a wormhole, ironically, not even realizing it. Maybe I just my spidey sense was tingling. And I went down the wormhole of all of the shows on WWE Network, like the Scott Hall documentary, the Eric Bischoff doc, the Sting documentary, and all of this really got into it. And... Just a, it was a fascinating time in wrestling, and I know you kind of you know were a little bit on the younger side of this when when it all happened. But I think at the time why it struck everybody was because it was still in that in between where people weren't sure if these guys were sent over there to really ruin WCW, if this was legit, if they were actually coming in there and ruining the show. <laughs> I mean, a certain <laughs> part of it you know they're not, but there's kind of party that goes, well, is this for real? And certainly. You can argue, too, outside the Four Horsemen, probably the greatest stable mm-hmm. in wrestling history. Oh, absolutely. And I think they were number two on our countdown, if I'm not mistaken, both of us. Uh, yeah, this is a, you know, I, I was kind of like on the cusp of WCW in like 97, so I just missed, missed the Bash of the Beach stuff. But, you know, I, I had some people that I knew that did watch WCW and were like, Hogan's a bad guy now. I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was kind of a shocking moment. And I'm like, oh, wow, this actually, this really works. And I, I you know, say what you want about Hogan, you know, his body being able to do things he used to do in the ring, maybe not anymore, but, you know, still, still great. The psychology still great. The promo still great, everything else. And it was fascinating to watch and it worked. It, I mean, Eric Bischoff had his ups and downs, but, you know, this was kind of the blending of the reality era versus kayfabe. He was really kind of really starting to bend those lines. And, you know, although some other people wouldn't do it great in the future, he did it just the right way where you, you wanted to tune in, you want to get those ratings for Nitro. So, you know, this is a historic moment. The, the third man, Bobby Heenan with the iconic call, but whose side is he on? People like, and, and they're playing the heel card perfectly. And he's like, but I told you at the end, it was just a great moment all around. It was indeed. Also, 20 years ago this past week, Goldberg defeated Hogan. Then you had oh, the Russo-Hogan Bash of the Beach in 2000 in July 9th. So every July, man, Hulk Hogan had a, every two years had some big moments there. Russo, we were teasing and talking about before how he deleted his Twitter account because of the harassment. I'm like, God, bro. <laughs> bro. Dude, bro. bro. Listen, give him, the, bro, give him listen. the dude, bro. He gets the dude, bro. I mean, he is like, <laughs> he is such a pot and kettle guy. <laughs> I mean, God. And I love when Jim Cornette just actually buries Vince Russo. That is the funnest or most fun. I don't know what the word fun- is. I think, I think this warrants a funnest. But it's a funnest. Yeah. <laughs> it's a funnest. <laughs> it's so, I mean, Jim Cornette burying Vince Russo is just brilliant. There's a video like over an hour of him just wrecking him. <laughs> there's several small ones. And then there's like an hour where he yep. just loses his mind for 60 minutes. So Judy Bagwell on a pole match. Is all I have to we, say. There should always be Judy Bagwell on a pole matches. Even if buff Bagwell isn't involved, <laughs> just Judy Bagwell on a pole. Just why, why is Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley fighting over buff Bagwell's mom? I don't know. And it's she wasn't just, even on a pole. It was a forklift or whatever. Right? Yeah, it wasn't even I mean, a pole. Well, I don't think she could get on the pole, to tell you the truth. You know, well, I, I don't know. You know, maybe Judy Bagwell shouldn't get on the pole. But I'll, <laughs> keep your children off the pole, ladies and gentlemen. Keep, keep the your kids, daughter off the pole. Keep the daughter off. There's one job as a dad. Keep your daughter nice. off the pole. I'll, I'll tell you this, though. It's, it's ironic because when watching all those documentaries, there's a couple things that I kind of came away with. And the mm-hmm. one was the reason why WCW and NWO and all that became so damn popular was because they had – they Razor Ramon, like one of these guys who was like right at the 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 top ish of the card always, but 
wanted the big time money, wanted the big time respect, wanted to be a main eventer all the time. And he wasn't getting that. And he goes over and then Nash knows when he's going over and he's like, screw it. I'm Bret Hart's not keeping me down anymore. And all this other nonsense or whatever happens. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and, and then ironically what happens is they brilliant success. They crushed WWF at the time for two years. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is it gets watered down. It gets burnt out. There's too many NWOs. It's all over the place. And all of the up-and-coming talent, the Benoits, the Eddie Guerreros, the Chris Jerichos of the world, get buried. And next thing you know, they're basically doing the same thing. They're jumping ship to the other company, and now the other company's progressing. And Eric Bischoff, I give him credit in his one of his interviews. He said his biggest regret, and he knows his biggest mistake, was not fostering the younger talent that was up and coming mm-hmm. and those guys with creative control and guaranteed money who didn't want a job to the younger guys and put them over the company suffered. People got burnt out. It was the same matches over and over the same thing. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, you know, you have a stale product. The next thing you know, the WWE product was hot again. But then there's also the era of the new blood and Vampiro and all those new guys that really that were thrown in there without, being ready because they had lost all the other guys that were actually on the next level to, to step up. Right. They weren't able to help them. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, the guys that might have potential, the, you know, that the power plant guys, the O'Hare's of the world. Yeah. Yeah. All those guys that might have the right look or the right thing, but they were all thrust into the, just, just thrust into it too quickly. You know yep. what I mean? And they skipped and, a step. Yeah. Right. And they didn't have the support system. They put them right on TV. And it's a shame because some of them had the right physique, the right look, the right, gimmicks maybe arguably yes or no but they didn't have the time to really develop properly and have people in ring who really knew how to work who could carry them to good matches and that kind of sucked and you know i think a couple things we take away from this is number one stables and factions are good more of them please in current products all over the place it's just a good thing uh number two guaranteed money to guys who are questionable <laughs> or under the influence or a or, guaranteed money pl- plus control over yeah. creative is a dangerous mm-hmm. cocktail. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess what, what number three be what, what's another takeaway from this? Oh, I know foster the young talent who's up and coming because <laughs> you can only be on top for so long without help from your friends. Yeah. Uh, the passing the torch is a big part of wrestling. You, you go out on your back, you, you know, do all the good stuff to kind of get the next wave ready for the crowd and all that stuff. And, you know, WCW, like you said, they, they skipped like three steps with that and they, they, they totally skipped the part where we had to actually care about these people. So, right. Uh, completely, man. And, you know, the other thing, too, uh, that well, I found interesting was that mm-hmm. Sting was the original guy, not Hogan, that they wanted yep. to turn and be that guy. And Sting was like, nope, I'm face forever. I'm the face of WCW. No, I can't do that. And then they went to Hogan. And of course, Hogan, you know, smelling the money there was smart. Well, also not wanting to smell pasta mania anymore. Oh, let me tell you something, brother. This bolognese is unbelievable. <laughs> I got the greatest bolognese you'll ever have. I got ravioli all over the place. Eat your ravioli. Yeah. Drink your meatballs. Hulkamania. Possumania. Uh, I, I don't know who's the biggest heel in WCW all time. Um, Vince, Vince Russo or uh, Time Warner. I don't know. So, or Possumania. <laughs> well, that that's, <laughs> that's fascinating, too, when Ted Turner, billionaire Ted Turner, loses control of his own company and the demise of all that and how mm-hmm. they, you know, they Bischoff actually had the company with, with of all people, Jason Hervey, remember him? The yep, the the kid from uh, Wonder <laughs> Years, like, Wayne Wonder yep. Years, the older brother. He they they had this company that were in there to buy it, and the next thing you know, the deals all fall through and everything. And it, they, it was fascinating. They, they need a little more help from their friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Thanks. You're on fire today. Let me tell refresh, you, baby. Woo. You are. You are refreshed. You're you're <laughs> you're chippy and on fire today. 
I came away with more respect for Bischoff too, going yeah. through the business the way mm-hmm. he did, going from an announcer and kind of the secondary guy to, you know, going all the way up into running the company basically. And, yeah. and of course, you know, his demise and all that stuff, but the watered down, I mean, that's the other thing too, is I kind of came into it again during the time of the NWO. And then I continuously got confused about who's in NWO and who's not. <laughs> yeah. And then you had the wolf pack and then you had the, the red and black. You had the Latino world order. You had the blue world. Or- There's so many world orders. That's right. The blue world order. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of world. Now they were kind of a, you know, a, an offshoot joke, hey. but still it was just confusing. At any given time, like here's a list of members in the NWO, oh, which I don't know if the show is long enough, but we could try. We'll, we'll see you guys Thursday after this. All right. Sir. We'll be back next week, Timmy <laughs> and I, for more in this ring. Okay. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan, Ted DiBiase, The Giant, then Sting eventually, Vincent, Miss Elizabeth, how she's in, uh, I, I don't know, I just like de facto, well, Eric Bischoff, yeah. Buff Bagwell, Michael Wall Street, you got to love that name, uh, Bubba Rogers, Scott Norton. Masahiro Chono, Randy Savage, Dennis Rodman, Great Muda, Conan, Tenzin, Kurt Henning, Rick Rude, mm-hmm. Luis Piccoli, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream was NWO. What? For the life, disciple, baby. For, for life. <laughs> Scott <laughs> for life, Steiner, baby. Nick Patrick. Nick Patrick, the referee? Why the is Nick ref, Pat- yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, come on. Then you, later on, you had Horace Hogan. Stevie Ray, Barry Windham, Lex Luger. Barry Windham, that's, that's disgusting. David Flair, Ric Flair, Rick Steiner. I mean, uh, if Scott Disco Steiner, Inferno, man. that's when you know a pack is done. When, when a group is done is when <laughs> Disco Inferno joins it. You've lost all credibility when Disco Inferno is part of the NWO. Talk about, Disco fever. Talk about an awful <laughs> gimmick, man. That guy. How did that ever happen? And how did it happen for so damn long? Oh, man. Well, you know what? <sighs> the, the fact that DDP wasn't in NWO made me love him even more. So that's why. Yeah, I agree. Out. I mean, we go out. It's easier to pick out the people who weren't in the NWO. I mean, it's what? It's DDP. <laughs> and it's DDP. It was pretty much the entire roster and... against DDP at one point, I think. I think that's pretty much. And he could take him because he was awesome, He could take so, him because he was DDP. <laughs> and he was doing that yoga. And he was like 107 years old when he was a rookie. Oh, <laughs> uh, but what a time, though, man. It's, it's so many anniversaries. Like the nostalgia machine just kicks in. It was a lot of nostalgia. July wrestling nostalgia. Good times. All right. Let's get to some news. Brock Lesnar interrupts a post-match at UFC with Daniel Cormier. Pushes Cormier around. This felt like such a work. This was more stale and work to me than Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns. That's how staged (laughs) it was. And you got Cormier saying, you know, he misses the microphone first when he says, you push me now, I'll sleep you later. Then he goes and finds a microphone and says it again into the mic. This to me was classic. I'm working it here. And this is all just stage. Because aren't they friends? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Cormier likes to talk, but I don't know if he's regarded as like a jerk guy. But I don't know, but we're know. friends. I mean, we don't push each other around like that. I, I, Verbally, you know. we do, but that's the Verbally, we do, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Brock Lesnar without Paul Heyman cutting a promo, you know. It's, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's not as good. Uh, so, I don't know. Um, what is this? What, like, you know, the, 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 the date for their fight is supposed to be early 2019. So, well, how long do you the take to table? train? Yeah, like for me, I'm thinking, I, I guess it depends on how seriously you take it. I guess training periods anywhere from three to six months for a fight like so. this. Tweet us, tweet this ring if yeah. you guys have any insight on this. Yeah, if you're there, a UFC but... fighter and you listen to the show, let us know. I would imagine three <laughs> to six months of training for a fight like this. So, um, or, or your whole life if you're, you well, know, yeah, a jerk course. off. Right. <laughs> you say things like that, <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. I just, and, and to me too, all this means right now, like Brock Lesnar is so far out of my consciousness at this point, as we're, mm-hmm. as we're creeping closer to SummerSlam, that belt and him 
is just, I've just put it in the recesses. And this is the danger. The danger is when you have this sometimes champion show up on the big four who's hardly ever on TV and hardly ever around, his presence isn't felt, eventually you just, he's out of sight, out of mind, and you don't care. It doesn't have any cachet at all anymore. I think he's just forgotten. Like, I just think it doesn't matter anymore. It's so useless. They need to just scrap this already. It's just done. Yeah, I mean, you hope SummerSlam being the big event that it is would be the culmination of all this and... Maybe that's when they just, you know, they, they have him just show up random times after that, but not as champion. You know, the Intercontinental Championship is ruling Raw right now, as we've talked about numerers times, and that, that picture is just, you know, that's, yeah. the, that's where the great wrestling is. That's where the, the, the big-time crowd reactions are. It's, you know, it could be four- or five-person picture, you know, at least with the stables involved, you know, Roman, Seth, and, you know, and Drew and Dolph. It's, it's a great force to, to pair, to pair with that. It's terrific. Sort of thing, so, it's yeah. terrific, and unfortunately, it's over the IC instead of the – quote-unquote universal championship which matters so damn much that it's got to go on last at wrestlemania it has to right mm. we have to leave everyone with a sour taste in their mouth at wrestlemania right after 12 and a half hours of programming to lead up to it for god's sake that's it oh god well half hour of it was that sam roberts guy just continuously saying wwf still so <sighs> Eh, well, whatever. Well, until they put us on, that's that's what it needs to get. So yeah, we'll we'll talk more about this later, I guess. <laughs> with, the, with the extreme rules stuff, yeah. Oh, oh man, you are salty today. I love it. <laughs> You're saltier than usual. It's good. No, but and, and I'm looking forward to that match with Rollins and and Ziggler too. It's a great style oh, match man. for them. I'm wearing his T-shirt today, so yeah, oh, absolutely. Please, please, yeah. I got a Kingslayer shirt for Father's Day. My kids got it for me, so that's very exciting. That's a so, good Dad's Day gift too. Just the right? the, the, the onus behind a Kingslayer. My dad's the Kingslayer. My dad's that's the Kingslayer. Awesome. I love my dad. Yeah, pretty cool. My, my children yeah. are they're all right. I'm gonna keep them. They, Get them uh, back on the show too. <laughs> yeah, we show. Well, they're going to SummerSlam. So we're going, we'll be in the building. Yeah, you guys are going the day after you, I go, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't miss the the after SummerSlam show with my kids because that is going to be absolutely hilarious. They're going to have radio. a lot to say about a lot of things. We might have to keep them on like the whole show somehow. We have to figure out how to plug in more than one headphone or something. I don't know what we got to do, but mm. the uh, that that main event, hopefully let that be last for the love of God. Let Ziggler Rollins close the show for the love of God. Please, yeah. please let that be the last match. And McIntyre, good match with him and Rollins too. Yeah. Drew is ready, man. Talk about a guy. It's funny. I know it's off a tangent, whatever. Off tangent, but whatever. Here you matter. go. <laughs> Drew and Bobby Lashley, right? Two guys, mm-hmm. first run in the company, not everything they wanted it to be. Both big, strong guys, all this stuff. Have the right look, have the right everything. They both go away for a decade. They come back, and one of them is completely off the charts awesome and the other one has completely not made any progress it's amazing yeah. i mean drew's just you know the, the way he's bulked up over the last few years and the way he just carries himself in the ring with more machismo now oh, you know the, we, we talked the beginning so much of that match with seth when he's pushing him around that way and then letting yeah. him walk yeah oh that was so great we talk so much about drew mcintyre in this podcast but there's a reason for it because he's he needs something bigger so yeah well i think yeah. he's i think he's showing it right now he is yeah. he is old he is uh, he, he always gauges with the kitties. He's over with my kids. My That's kids cheer. My life, six-year-old, or oh, soon-to-be six-year-old, she cheered when Drew McIntyre beat Seth Rollins. And I said, why are you cheering? I thought she was like, she goes, yeah, but I want him at the ring. Nice. <laughs> See? <laughs> Smart. That's I want great. him involved. I think it'll be, it'll be fun to have him there. And you're right. It will be more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about WWE. Other changes going on there. Yeah. Clash of Champions out. TLC in. Um, and that's, that makes a lot of sense. I would like to see, and I would like to see Clash of Champions, Halloween Havoc. You know, when they did war games at NXT, right? I, I like, oh I think they should take these things 
and figure out ways to do that because that target audience of NXT is the same audience that gets all jazzed up when you do war games or Halloween Havoc. Plus, can you imagine Velveteen Dream at Halloween Havoc getting dressed up and all that stuff? That'd be great. <laughs> he, would, he would have some good costume planned out for his opponent or whatever just there. But you're, you're absolutely right. It's a great lit- litmus test for that base. It would totally work. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, because I think you pointed this out to me, Clash of Champions is kind of redundant when you have Survivor Series with everybody going against each other. Yep, it totally is. And, uh, you know, it, it, Clash of Champions is a nice idea, but you have to have it as a unique thing where they actually fight. And the Survivor Series, it's co-branded, Joe. I don't know is it? I didn't realize it was co-branded. <laughs> Breaking news, co-branded pay-per-views. Wait, uh, wait, all of them? <laughs> I know, right? Crazy concept. Oh, my God. I don't even I don't. How does that work? <laughs> Or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. (laughs) 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 Oh, now I'm salty like Tim Heaney. I've got some salt in me. I mean, those four-hour shows, do they work? We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Time will tell. Time will tell. But but that Australia Super Show in October also is going to be like another Greatest Royal Rumble, so that should be interesting on the network to see. Yeah, now when is that going to be on? Like, what what time do we get that here? Because I kind of like the noon pay-per-view. That was kind of fun, but I have no idea in Australia. Australia's like a day or so by new york new jersey like i think ahead of us so it might not change time but it might just be there monday or whatever i don't know or it might be saturday for us who knows <laughs> so it's gonna happen here on saturday but they're on the no, date friday? messed up with australia i, think. I don't yeah. know i think i just went cross-eyed i can't <laughs> we're a wrestling podcast we don't need to do all this <laughs> <laughs> all right well just when i got caught up on new japan from the uh, previous one, which was which was great, I, mm-hmm. I saw Jericho, Naito, I saw Osprey and Takahashi, which was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an outstanding match, the two of them. And Takahashi's just brilliant. More on him when we get to the injury. But G1 just happened. Uh, the Boa yep. Club, obviously, uh, you've got uh, Kenny Omega going over again on Cody Rhodes. Um, but, you know, the, the big news, I guess, to take away from this is the Takahashi serious neck injury. And it's a shame because, you know, uh, to bring up Cornette again, because uh, I'm a big fan, you know, always, he, hates, he hates the flippy BS. He hates the flippy BS. I don't mind some of the flippy BS. I like it when it's got something behind it. I find Osprey, Takahashi, those kind of guys to have a lot of gravity and, and um, uh, you know, intensity and feeling behind some of the moves. Whereas I feel like the Young Bucks, which is, is going to be unpopular, and I'm going to say it, Young Bucks flippy BS is very staged and choreographed and doesn't always hit home for me. I watch it. It's fun to watch. And I go, okay, cool. What's next? But I'm never like emotionally invested or connected with what they do because there's a lot of flippy BS and it doesn't have a lot of other viciousness behind it. But watching Takahashi take this bump, these bumps that they take with on this, it's a high, it's a, it's a fall that you take on your, you know, high shoulders, base of your neck where you if you land properly there's just very little room for error and it's one thing when you're cradled and it's one thing when you get dropped there it's another thing when you get thrown there to control it and takahashi got thrown there and this is such a waste because now you got a guy who could be seriously hurt here with a broken neck or a broken bone in his neck and he's gonna miss time and it's it's gonna shorten his career these are 20-year careers that can get cut in half at least for unnecessary spots where that's not going to make the highlight reel anyway why are you doing this just, just take the back body drop or take, take the throw and, and take the full bump on your back. Stop with the, the, high neck, uh, the high shoulder, low neck fall spot because it's just too dangerous. I mean, you even saw your boy Will Osprey do that and you know, they, they played it up. And he almost line. died. Yeah. He almost died doing it. And it's a shame. It's unbelievable. Um, Takahashi's 28 years old. 
you don't want to be ruining yourself at that point when you you're going to be pushed to the to the, to the heights of New Japan, you know, most prestigious wrestling company in the world, perhaps besides WWE. And yeah, I and, and like like you said, there has to be context behind spots like this. You have to like really prepare for them and not water them down by doing multiple instances of them in like a really short time period. Uh, I know this is a rivalry. Takahashi and Dragon Lee have had this rivalry going, so they have had spots like this before, but. Man, I don't know. Um, I'm with you. I think there has to be context behind these moves. I think there has to be meaning behind them so we don't lose the value behind them. You know, the rare moves that are, are, are looked forward to because they're rare. And when you do this a lot, it waters down the impact of them, but it also jeopardizes your health. So that's a really bad combination. You're going in the wrong direction with those things. Yeah, it's just – I get it when you have one or two spots, but to do it as much as they do it, it's just – it's yeah. unnecessary. And it's not bringing much to it. They think that it is because of the degree of difficulty – but all it's, all it's doing is bringing a, an element of danger for them mm-hmm. that's not making a huge impact on the match. They think that every spot has to be huge, and it's not. And the fact that sometimes, you know, it actually takes away from the bigger spot, you know, because mm-hmm. so many of them are so high sometimes where it actually kind of dilutes everything altogether. And it's it's more of a – this is a general choreography note as, I mean – I spent all last Tuesday on, on our, our week off. <laughs> you know, I, I'm using air quotes, but I spent an entire day doing fights in New York for a, a big off-Broadway show and had a ton of fighting in it, a ton of fights. We had rifle fights, uh, you know, we're using butter rifles. We're using, uh, we're using some knife fighting. There's a lot of gun work in it too, a lot of gun fight stuff and hitting with guns, handguns and things like that. But, you know, it, it's you get more out of the big spot when you build to the big spots in fights than when every spot is like a high spot because then it just gets a little watered down. It's just, it's just the difference of good choreography and bad. Now also, you need speaking, levels. Yeah. You need <laughs> levels. You need build. And, and also, honestly, you need to protect yourself a little bit yep. as an investment. Right. You know? Uh, Long term, yeah. Now, if there's one investment I always want to protect, it's Jim Ross. Jim Ross got national hurt at treasure. this pay-per-view. Yeah. He's a national treasure of this man. My yeah. God, he's a national treasure. <laughs> Jim Ross, who ironically never calls these events live, he always does them on tape in his studio. He's there because they're in San Francisco. He tells them, "Don't do the spot near. Do do any spots near the announce table." What do they do? They do a spot near the announce table. The barrier is not in properly, and he says, ironically, something to the effect beforehand of, "Of you know, nobody can withstand that steel." bar and then like they hit the bar and then down goes jim ross and jim ross is dealing with numerous health issues afterward now and i'm mad because this is bad job by those guys bad job by new japan not stabilizing things properly and you know i mean it's jim ross guys come on i mean (laughs) i mean this guy's been everywhere he knew and that's why he told him don't do this because he knew what was going on there he knew the danger he could be in and they didn't listen to him and that pisses me off because jim ross is wrestling He's one of the biggest, you know, biggest personalities, one of the biggest influencers in wrestling of the past 40, 50 years. The guy's 66 years old. You should know to kind of work around him, not make him part of the action in the way he doesn't want to be. I mean, Juice Robinson, Jay White, looked like a pretty good match from the clips I saw of it. And, you, you know, they're younger guys, so maybe there's some, there's some aspect where they got caught up in the moment of things and didn't kind of take their surroundings in. But that's part of the business. You have to... You have to protect everybody and everybody surrounding the match if they're not going to be involved directly. And it's a shame because it's a good match. It got, you know, and then you had this really bad collateral damage to it. Luckily, it looks like he's, I guess, stable with rib and lung injuries. But, you know, 66 years old, that's, you know, that's not something you want to have to be dealing with. And, and like you said, this might kind of, you know, cause a little bit of a, 
harm with the, the, the Rorkies between Jim Ross and New Japan, and who wants that to happen, you know? I mean, no, I mean, part of the joy of watching those Axis TV New Japan things is because, you know, you get Jim Ross calling it. I mean, as great as the athleticism right. is, there's something that legitimizes it when JR is back there doing this you know, doing that work, man. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. So that's, that's kind of frustrating. I, I, I don't like that. I don't like, you know, you get, you never want to see anybody get hurt as especially a, a national wrestling treasure or international. That's what he's, you know, he's an international, international wrestling treasure. There you go. Speaking of injuries to Fandango, he's going to be out with a left labrum tear in his shoulder out at least six months. Could be more. To me, don't keep Tyler Breeze on the sideline. Put him in 205 Live or repackage him because maybe it's time to let go of this Breezango gimmick anyway. Maybe this is a sign for both of them hmm. to, to either part ways, rebrand, repackage because Tyler Breeze can work. I know you've seen him live in person too. Love it. Yeah. Uh, to me, Great put wrestling. him in 205 Live because 205 Live is starting to get a little, you know, Buddy Murphy and, and Ali and Cedric. It's got some talent there. I think Tyler Breeze could only help that product. Imagine a heel Tyler Breeze going against those guys, or even a babyface Breezango Tyler Breeze looking for revenge on Fandango or whatever, just kind of setting off on his own with his partner lost. Buddy Murphy, Tyler Breeze could be a heck of a program. So, yeah, and I did catch that yeah. Buddy Murphy Ali match. That was pretty awesome. Dude, Buddy Murphy is, is, is one of the most rising stars of 2018 for sure. Yeah. You keep it. If you haven't seen that, you should take some time to at least go watch the highlights because Buddy uh, Ali's, Ali is a very underrated yeah. worker, mm-hmm. and Buddy Murphy's got. He's got that it factor. He's got that other thing that you you know that that makes you want to watch. You buy in. Mm-hmm. Ruby Riot also out with a knee injury. She'll be out for it looks like a month or so. And in the meantime, we get more Sarah Logan. Yay! <laughs> God, I want to kill myself. Oh, uh, she's the worst. They've been fodder for Ember Moon, so I guess it's good that they're serving a purpose by making Ember look stronger. But I don't know. Liv Morgan's looked pretty good in the ring the last couple of weeks. I mean, it's maybe right. working with, maybe working with Ember's helped her a bit because Ember can teach anybody anything about wrestling, but. You know, Liv's got, you know, if they can like kind of mold her a little bit better as a part of the stable, maybe she can work. But yeah, I mean, Ru- Riot Squad without Ruby Riot, the, the best part of that whole thing who actually has legitimacy to her a little bit more, going to be a little bit rough for the next month or so. Yeah. And look, Liv Morgan is, I, I think, somebody who could improve and, and be a mm-hmm. good worker or a better worker. I just, I'm not sure where they're going with her and her character. I think she's kind of lost in the shuffle somewhere between Alexa Bliss and, and Mandy because she's not strong like Mandy and she's not. Right. interesting like alexa you know so she doesn't have she's somewhere kind of stuck in the middle with some gimmick that's that might work in another place but not right now not sure. in current wwe roster that's kind of the problem i have uh I jay lethal taking some heat by the way uh, apparently too i don't know you, i guess you gotta sleep your way to the top in uh, ring of honor maybe oh, oh uh, to the top uh, of the ring yeah sleep your way to the top of the rope I uh, I don't know. I don't it's know. Just, this whole thing's messy. I don't know if I will even want to. You don't even want to. You don't want to talk about it. Listen to you. You're like I don't even want to talk about it. It sucks. I mean, you know, I I you know I have a high opinion of Jay Lethal's in ring work. Um, but you know, hearing like this it makes you sour on people, and you know, legitimately so if it's true that that he did say that Taylor Hendricks had to, you know, had to sleep with him to get far in Ring of Honor, and Taylor Hendricks does claim that. It's the reason she was fired from Ring of Honor. She was kind of an up-and-comer at that point. She was, you know, getting some some good play off the the House of Truth stable with him. He, she was like his valet. He says he's den- he's denying all this stuff. A second accuser apparently has come out against Jay Lethal on another podcast. Uh, you know, it, it's it, it sucks either way. If it, whichever way is true, if she's lying or he's actually did it, you know, you, you don't want to you know, think about this until you hear all the facts, but you know, it's just a damn shame that this is kind of happening. If it is happening, I mean, maybe I'm being too naive with this sort of thing. I don't want to hear this about people that you respect in the past, but 
just a, you know, not not a good look all around for for anyone or whatever here. And, and you know, if, if if it's true, then it really sucks. Yeah, it it, it does. And you know, again, we'll 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 stay on this, and we'll figure out more as more news comes to light, or maybe doesn't. I don't know. But you know that that's enough of that. And what I want to really talk about <sighs> is something that's extreme, because. Because I feel like every time I hear extreme rules, all I think about is how everything in the mid '90s was extreme because of the X Games, and like mm-hmm. it's not just Mountain Dew; it's extreme Mountain Dew, or it's not uh, you know extreme lifesavers. Oh my god, everything yeah. was extreme, and I extreme it, skating, ex- and yeah, whatever. It was a simpler time. Remember Code Red Mountain Dew? That's still around, man. Is it really? Can you buy that? I'm in the pretty store? sure. Is I- that street legal? I hope so. I actually, did, you know what? I actually didn't mind Code Red as much as some of the other stuff. I no, was, I, I actually like that. But I've seen the, you know, the Baja Blast Extreme. Oh, I actually, this is a true. I actually saw this at the Taco Bell by my house. They yep. had sangria flavored Mountain Dew. Now I don't know what that means, and I don't know mm. if there's like liquor in it, but I had some, and it wasn't bad. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm a secret Taco Bell lover, so you know. Do they have it by it. you? Do they have the? Uh, I don't know about sangria. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not making this up. And I, and right. I did like a double take. I was like, "Am I reading this right?" Like, I'm going right, to go out right now and let you know. How about that? I'll take a sangria break. Mountain Dew. All I know is it's extreme. Things are going to get real extreme when we come back. <laughs> Super extreme, like extreme. 1997 Hulk Hogan still matters in wrestling. Extreme. It's Extreme Rules Preview plus our top five E-C-W. greatest hardcore wrestlers of all time. You're listening to In This Ring with Joe and Tim. More right after this. In this ring. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's time to get extreme. We promise you extreme rules. And here we are. ECW. Oh, yes, the ECW (laughs) days. Uh, Good times. We'll talk about that soon. Yeah, Yeah, well, yeah, we're going to get into a lot of that in a second here. But let's start with extreme rules. We're going to preview here uh, our boy EY and his group Sanity in the the kickoff show. So they didn't even get on the main show, which kind of sucks. Because I think Sanity and New Day are poised to have a pretty good match. And... I don't know. I kind of took this away from watching Eric and Daniel Bryan work that I think the two of them would have a very good match together. Oh, absolutely. And it was ironic because I was, I was going to make the joke uh, that, you know, that TNA and impact was pushing Eric young as a Daniel Bryan when he first really started out with them. Right. So yeah. And, but you kind, can see kind like, of fun full circle thing. You can see <laughs> in that, in that small sample size, you could see the two of them working and go, yeah, that, that would be good. They're both yeah. great, man. It yeah, work, same totally. size too. Ironically, they're right. You know, we don't realize. I guess Eric kind of projects. You know, I mean, uh, Eric is he, not a big guy by any stretch of the means. He's strong, but he's not a huge guy. But it's funny for perspective too. Him and Daniel Bryan are closer in stature than I realized at the time. Eric has that rough, you know, aura about him that he. Yeah. You, you just assume he's like six. It's the or beard. It's yeah. the. It's the. You know, it's the, the voice stare. for sure. He's got that working for him. Yeah, yeah. he talks like this. He's way down here. Like Shawn yeah. Michaels has a weird, like low voice. <laughs> This match is going to kill it, though, I think. I think it's going to be a secretly great match. No one's going to type it, but it's going to be nice. Tables match, secretly great match. I think they're afraid to put it on the main show. How about that? How about I that? Agree. And you know what? My prophecy of maybe them breaking up New Day, if they play this right long-term, could be coming true. So Maybe. Maybe. So. You know, because I'm looking at the rest of this card, and I'm thinking to myself, all right, what would I bounce for that? And I would easily bounce Finn Bauer and Baron Corbin. I agree. I, I think that's agree. the one you bounce because there's no, there's no, I mean, not that you want to put no Finn stakes. Bauer in the pre-show, <laughs> but there's no stakes. There's no build. There's no reason. And 
damn it, stop wrestling in a vest. I mean, you, <laughs> you can't be the end of days in a vest from men's warehouse. You can't do it. Baron Corbin, I like Baron Corbin in the ring. I think he has potential. Mm-hmm. Stop. Stop with the vest. You, 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 I was like, I'm the lone wolf. I'm, it's the end of days. Here I come for you in my vest from JCPenney. <laughs> it's just terrible. Oh, it's like, like I can even handle the yeah. slacks. I can handle the slacks with no shirt or whatever. Right. Fine. But stop with the vest. I mean, am I right or am I right? It's one thing to cut your hair. It's another thing to wrestle in a vest. That, that's back from the 90s WWF gimmick of wrestling in a freaking suit. Just let the guy pick something classier if you want to make him a constantly type of guy. But just let the guy be able to move freely. I don't know. It just looks weird. Like it, it look, comes it out weird. to the music, and he's got all the flames. <laughs> but I'm wearing a suit. You're gonna like the way you look. <laughs> You're gonna like the way you look when I'm done with you. Oh my god! But but Saturday New Day should totally be on the card instead. I agree. With yeah. You. Sorry, that was a that was a sojourn. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dark place you went to. <laughs> it was a dark place. A place with dark pinstripes satin vests. So I guess we previewed that match already. Check that out. <laughs> oh, it's just this little build. Like I saw it on the card and I go, all right. And then I see Saturday New Day not opening the show instead. And I'm thinking uh, to myself, well, that's just dumb. Like that's just stupid. Like and- Corbin and Bauer, you can make the case for that because there's no build. And Bauer, Bauer's like whatever. Like Bauer doesn't seem to care at this point. So he's it's floating like, anyway. So he's whatever. floating anyway. So let him be. A, don't don't put Sanity and New Day there. That could be a great match. Ugh. All right. Speaking I mean, of disappointment, we're, we're, we're Sanity fanboys for good reasons. So. Well, we're also New Day fanboys. We too. are absolutely. You yeah, take those right. three guys on each side. And you have power, you have speed, you have athleticism, you have a you have cerebral such, stuff. Yeah, you have absolutely. such a great opportunity there, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to see them work together. I'm excited for that. I'm going yeah. to watch the pre-show because of that match, and despite mm-hmm. Sam Roberts or whoever else they have on it, Peter Rosenberg or whoever. Uh, Rosenberg doesn't bother me so much. Uh, I, Rosenberg I, uh, is like if I was all grown up and a real boy and in this industry, <laughs> then I would be Peter Rosenberg. Because really, how different is he than me? Besides, I've written twelve best-selling books. Besides, besides uh, how different are we? You not know, very, not he's just very. a guy from the tri-state area who loves sports and wrestling. And I'm like, all right, I'm fine with that. But it's the guy who every time you put him on TV, he looks completely lost and awkward and doesn't know what to say and has no, I keep saying the wrong thing, which is worse. It's worse <laughs> to say the wrong thing. And I keep hammering this guy. You know, meanwhile, if you had me on his show, I'd be like, oh, awesome. That's so great. Right. Thanks for you know, I probably wouldn't because I'm a real guy. I'm real. No, I'd still say, no, screw you. Stop calling it WWF on TV, you schmuck. Well, yeah. I mean, it's funny. A nice little line we tell on this show to be fans of the product and also critique it. But, you know, most people should be able to do that. So That's of right. Course, not on their program you won't be able to. But you know. All right. <clears throat> Speaking of disappointments, anyway. Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns are going uh, at it. I feel bad for Roman. You dude. know what? Let me tell you something, man. I've... I've I've really enjoyed Roman the last two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really, I'm, dare I say, getting excited about Roman Reigns again. <clears throat> I have always, I've always been pretty excited, man. I just, I'm trying to not let, let, let the haters get me down on that. He's starting to get more. I don't give a crap. He's it's it's good. Start, he's starting. You can see there's a little bit more edge with him now. That's mm-hmm. not like a force. I'm tough guy. Like he really just doesn't seem to care. Well, like, you know, but, but, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm gonna say like the mouthiness of Roman Reigns right now is really appealing, and I think that yeah. I, I'm buying in, and I want 
I want Roman to obliterate Bobby Lashley in this match, and then I want Roman Reigns to keep being a jerk and and just roll with it. You know what? If I were stuck in a feud with Bobby Lashley, I'd be very bitter as well. So yeah, man, just oh, God, just <laughs> stop. Hashtag yeah. Lashley is Poochie. <laughs> now I do like the Braun Strowman Kevin Owens build. Uh, I like the porta potty stuff. That was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids thought that was very funny. They yeah. really found the uh, the porta potties thing very funny. Uh, but the monster in the bank taking on Kevin Owens in a cage. Uh, there's part of me that would love to see Kevin Owens come out and win here because I think they can extend this feud. Uh, yeah, like I'd like to see like Sammy show up and like kind of screw Braun Strowman, and then maybe you get Sammy yeah. and Kevin two on one against uh, Braun no, at SummerSlam. I, well, Sammy's not. Sammy's out for a while. How long is the, he out? The for? rotator cuff stuff as well. I think he had he had a big deal. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't know he was out for a long time. I Both it was rotator a... cuffs. Yeah, he's he's out. Oh, we'll forget it. But then. or just find a way from to cheat or something and and win. I, I think Braun can take a loss at this point. And Kevin Owens, the former champ, he can he can. Yeah, I think I think way. Braun needs to take a loss and KO needs to yep. get a win here because you don't want KO to just continuously just get manhandled because that's gonna you know it's gonna get weak eventually. It's a cage match as a way you can find to win. And maybe not outsmart, but like just you know cheat yeah. or whatever. Well, look, I don't know if Sammy's rotator cuffs are so bad he can't close a, a gate true. on somebody. That's true. He can come out, close a gate, and run off, and then you can figure out a way to extend it. You know, yeah. KO Braun I, Strowman SummerSlam. To me, that's a very yeah. good mid to high card pairing for SummerSlam for Braun. I, I agree. Uh, you know, part of me thought that Braun's kind of being too much of a bully in this case, but. But Kevin Owens has kind of been a, a, a bully kind of in his own way, and it's good to kind of get that arc going. And, you know, you could argue that maybe the, you know, the, the aspect of Braun being the babyface here should make him not do the things like push a guy in a porta potty over. But if anybody's not coming to him in the mid-card, Kevin Owens has. So. Yeah, but that's classic yeah. Stone Cold, you know. Yeah. It's, it's classic, you know, everybody loves that. Everybody would like to put the, right. the annoying, obnoxious, whiny guy into the porta potty and push him over, you know. <laughs> That's just Ocupado. Yeah. <laughs> In Braun Strowman yeah. laughs here. Ha 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 ha. ha. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, I'm looking forward to this one. It should be should be fun. Okay. Writer writes down, here is your car, Kevin. Ha ha ha. Here's your car, Kevin. Ha ha ha. Good stuff. Uh, All right, we've got the, the writer's not brawn on that yeah, one. Yeah. We've got the leaders of worlds against the B team. And um, I think they've pushed this as far as they can. I think they've gotten yep. a pretty good program out of it. I think I can't see how you let the B team walk away with the titles here. I think you can have the leaders of worlds be their own thing still, even without the titles, because they're, they're teasing a revival involvement somehow with them watching awkwardly on a television backstage as you're required to do. Um, so I don't know. Do, do you think the Hardys could keep, just go back to making vignettes and then B team and revival fight? as like the goofball versus the technical guys that get pissed at them. I don't know. I, I think it could either way you could do make something work. You could do it right. Well, the only thing is if, if you are going to put the B team over here, then you have to go back to Bray being a singles guy. And Matt Hardy has to be more like his manager valet kind of like dude. Like he's just yeah, like, the, sure. yeah. you know, he's like the, the, the man behind the, the, the man <laughs> sort of speak. <laughs> the guy behind the guy, behind the guy, the behind, the guy behind the guy, right. behind the guy. Yeah. So right. I, I think that would work. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you're watching Bray, too, it's like, I almost feel like, all right, he's paid his penance now. Mm-hmm. He's been in this mode for a little bit. He's too great of an in-ring worker to keep him out of a singles match for too sure. long. And mm-hmm. Matt Hardy is just way past his physical prime to work. So it would right. kind of make sense. You know, yeah. I think that could be fun to have Matt Hardy in that kind of role. I, I wouldn't even actually mind Matt Hardy taking a mic role. Yeah. You know, I mean, they could easily bump Corey Graves from one of those shows. 
and put yeah. Matt Hardy on Mike, yes. and I think it would be fantastic. Yes, wonderful. Woke yeah. and Matt Hardy. That's Woke great. and Matt Hardy as color commentator <laughs> would be so outstanding to me. I oh think that would be great. Like that could that could be like you know good character work like Jesse Ventura type of uh, stuff with that. So yes, where he's yeah. just insane, but you got to pair him with the right straight man. Yeah, you know, uh, and I think that that you know not Michael Cole the other dude. What's his Tom name? Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips. He could work. I think. I think Tom Phillips could do it because he's a little bit goofy and would kind of be like, well, all right. <laughs> and he's had the NXT seasoning where he can play off Graves a lot and he can have similar working with Matt Hardy. That could be interesting. Yeah. Yes. I, I, huh. I, there, there's opportunity there. And I, I still mm-hmm. say when Miz's career is done, he will be the greatest oh, God, yeah. color commentator <laughs> in the history of wrestling. The greatest. Like Bobby mm-hmm. Heenan, great. Wow, yeah. I, I, mean, I, can't, I, I can't argue that. No, that, that, I, I cannot wait great. for that. I think yeah. he will be so good in that role for so mm-hmm. like my kids' kids will grow up with him in that role and they'll and I'll be trying to tell them well, but he used to wrestle. They'll be like, What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but he him and Bobby Heaton and Ventura are tier one all time. And, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, absolutely. And yeah. and that would be and Jerry Lawler too. We gotta put Lawler in yeah, that color, yeah. you know. He's very good in that role. Different. Different. Not like the great heel commentator, just kind of the great color commentator. Sure. Yeah, but the great heel commentators of all time, Miz would just be, yeah, uh, he would obliterate everyone. I mean, I can't. I honestly, this part of me that just wants him to wrestle for a couple more years and then go into that role. Yeah, (laughs) and you know what? With his family, he he might be down with. He might. He might. I mean, he's getting older now. He's been how long is he? Like twelve years now? At least, yeah. I mean, he's been with this company a long time. He's got another five years at least in him, and then after that, he's going to settle into that role really nicely. Either way, he can dictate whenever he wants to exit at this point. So. All right, we've got the Bludgeon Brothers and Team Hell No. I want the Bludgeon Brothers to pound them into into oblivion. I really they, do. They need it. I'm I'm so pro Luke Harper right now. I just that's all I care about. I just want the Bludgeon Brothers to win. Mm-hmm. I find the yes no thing annoying. I know some people like it because it's member berries. I don't care. I also think that what you saw last week, when you saw an all time low rating or the lowest rating in a long time for SmackDown when Brian and him were at the top of that card. I think it's telling you two things. Number one, it was a holiday. You don't want to take too much out of that. Sure. But at the same time, as excited as everybody is for Daniel Bryan, thrusting him right back into the main level spotlight, I don't think everybody's ready for that. I think it feels forced. And putting him with Kane is just not something that's going to push a lot of things, push a lot of buttons for people. And I want the Bludgeon Brothers to win this, and I want them to win it handily here. I think it's a, I think it's a one-off. I think Kane's got to go back to his politics stuff after this too. I would imagine. I hope so. Um, so, <laughs> and, and we got to get our boys, you know, the the, the title pitcher back in the main event because that's been kind of second fiddle. And Rusev has his opportunity working now, and uh, you know the, the, they might move Daniel Bryan and other people that way soon. But yeah, let this be. It was a nice little, nice little cameo, and and and, and let let it run off. Let it be a good notch in the belt. For, uh, for the Bludgeon Brothers here, because Luke Harper, like you said, needs more spotlight. So. Yep, yep, absolutely. Jeff Hardy versus Nakamura, U.S. Championship. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to call this one, Jeff Hardy wins this by disqualification, mm. and then you have another one of these. I, I think they're going to put the belt on Nakamura, but I think sure. they're going to do it in New York City, because in New York City, I think the pop for Nakamura winning will be huge. Yeah, I mean, well, do you want the face pop for a heel I mean, I guess that. Yeah, I, if it's Nakamura, I, mean, I think you do yeah. because it's good for business. I'm, I agree. Uh, you know, I'm still kind of getting over that he didn't win the actual big belt, but you know what? This is a good way to kind of keep him in the spotlight, have him have gold, and have him be a, a big deal again because he does need to get back in that role as well because he's just too damn good not to have a, a a prominent role in the company. So yeah, I I could see that happening. I don't maybe Nakamura 
just kind of gets too pissed off or something and, and does something. But yeah, I can see them stretching out two matches. Jeff Hardy, you know, nice to have him as a singles wrestler again. So I'm, I'm okay with two of these. It is. And, and I think two of them is good. I think Jeff Hardy going in with the belt and you, I, I think you could squeeze this, especially because Nakamura missed a couple weeks with the dog bite thing, whatever the hell that was. <laughs> it, it, it was rough having him away from wrestling. <laughs> oh man oh, wow. All right. god throw me I a retire. bone here at least god uh, <laughs> so i think they can oh, squeeze this for another month between the two of them because yeah. i don't think you saw enough in the program where it's exactly. not going to feel like like aj we're like all right all right enough already but nakamura and hardy i think for another run here but nakamura getting the belt in new york would be very special i think that would be yeah. you know that wrestling base oh. would love it and and they recognize it it's not like it's not like they're like forgetting Jeff Hardy, but they're just, you know, and then you can have a rematch the, the next pay-per-view and you might or be able to work this for whatever. two months. Yeah, who knows? yeah, it's, it's fine. All right. You got Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins, IC championship, 30 minute Iron Man match, uh, you know, <laughs> extreme pay-per-views. Uh, the match will count DQs. You think that's weird. I know that, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's not really extreme rules anyway. Cause you have the, 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 some stipulations that are extreme. So I guess extreme. But don't get DQ'd. That's right. It's <laughs> sriracha flavored Mountain Dew. It's extreme. <laughs> well, sriracha's hipster now, so that's uh, true. Is that, is that so? It's hipster, not extreme. I don't. I, I can't keep track anymore. Well, you know, the, I guess sriracha's huge in the Brooklyn scene. So I, yes, that, it is. That, that's my where you where yeah you you hang out there a lot with it, your IPAs and your sriracha fun. Mountain Dew. <laughs> My girlfriend's that, one that would be my, my promo I cut on you. You elitist New York guy. <laughs> oh, no, I'm totally not, but I love the food <laughs> over there. The beer, so. Yeah, but I would yeah. just, I would dig like you and your IPAs and your beer tasting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You well, democratic just... socialist, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just lost half our audience, Chris. No, we did it. No, they I'm love kidding. us. We're, totally no kidding. matter what we do, everyone loves totally us. That's kidding. why we're the best. Uh, yeah. Dolph Ziggler, Seth, better be the it better be the main event because I don't think Styles and Rusev has the same build. No cachet to it. No, it doesn't have any cash right now. It just it seems kind of flat to me, mm-hmm. and it, I because it, I think they missed the window. They did, and then you know what they're going to turn around. Creative's going to see, see, see. We told you, and then and, right. and everyone's going to say, no, we told you, you just didn't listen, and then we got over it. Yeah. right. We told you months ago, and now we're over it. Um, so they just never capitalize on on the hot thing here but Ziggler Rollins I think Ziggler retains this I think so too and I think you move Rollins into whatever that main picture is next time out now the question is who does Dolph go against next and where's McIntyre and how does that work out yeah I don't know uh they got they got to kind of have to flip that Roman Reignsy type stuff in here do we see a Dean Ambrose return do we see you know that's interesting how great would it be if Dean joined this group Yes, that that's that's oh. what I was thinking. Not not even Shield. He no, joined I mean, Ziggler yeah. and McIntyre. Oh yeah, that sign me up. That's for that the one. stuff. That's the stuff right there. <laughs> Dean, Dolph, and Drew, three D right there. Oh my God. That's <laughs> there's fun. Your, there's your three D right there. Fun possibilities. Uh, well, it is, and you know, I I think I think Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam would be great. Again, yeah. I'm, I'm not even planning for, for Brock Lesnar anymore. I don't even care. Right. I'm over it. F you. I'm done. I'm, I'm over it. I'm, I'm done trying to get him to drop that belt. Alexa Bliss will rain, uh, retain over Nia Jax. Sure. Of course. You know, she needs to. Yeah. Don't, don't care. Alexa's great. <laughs> Nia is impressive at times, but she's not a champ. I'm tired of where they're going with her, man. I really am. And she's well, a it's a little promo. herky-jerky, man. Terrible promo. 
Sounds too rehearsed. Yeah, Ugh. it does. Well, not everyone's a great actor who gets in this business. She needs I a would, mic person. <clears throat> she don't, you, you know what? Bing, ding, ding. You're right. She totally does. Somebody get her James Ellsworth. Where's Ellsworth? Get her. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Ellsworth, Ellsworth in a steel <laughs> cage suspended above the ring in the shark cage. Carmella versus Asuka. I mean, I don't know how much farther they can go with this. I mean, here's another one too is do you want to squeeze one more rung out of this and then have Asuka go over in New York too? I think it might be your best shot. If I think you could deal with these crappy losses if there's a win that's going to be promised. You know, it's at this point, whatever, you broke the streak, the losses, wins don't matter anymore with this. Let, 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 the, let, let us build the anger toward Carmelo and Ellsworth, which they can do a good job of that. And I yeah. think let, let that win at the next pay-per-view. I know we keep wanting the Nakamura Oscar wins at the same time, and they're never happening. No, so- they're never happening. Well, maybe we'll get it in New York because I, I feel like there's certain locales where certain people is just going to be a, a bigger moment for them. You know, and at SummerSlam, it, that's a big moment. I'm trying to think of who Dolph, if, if Seth moves out of this picture, let's say he moves into the picture with Brock Lesnar. It's let's a just say that picture. happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's say you, let's say you just put Seth and, and Brock together in that and you put him over and all that. Right. You can have Drew and, and Roman. And Roman. Yeah. Then where does Dolph fit in? Is they, it they Dolph got, Finn Balor? Because I could I could buy that. I love awesome. that one. Awesome. Yeah, that, that that's where Finn can go next for sure. Yeah, um, uh, I think that's that makes the most sense, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they have a ridiculously long program, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, have they? I'm trying to think. Have they ever? I'm trying to think about Bobby Roode. Uh, face Bobby only Roode if he turns Ziggler. Bobby Roode heel, which I think they were they about won't. to do with Finn Balor, but then they didn't, and they they missed. They're missing the window with him, but I don't know. It's just it's a yeah, bad. I'm trying to look at the raw roster and see who else we can we can think of here. No, it's uh, Finn. It's Finn and Dolph, Finn and that would be great. Yeah, that, that would, would also be. be another potential show stealer kind of SummerSlam. You know, you need the big marquee matches at SummerSlam, and Drew Roman and Seth. Let me tell you something, Seth Brock Lesnar. That is gonna make people excited, and they have Braun Strowman lurking at some point. That would be crazy. that would be very good, and I think Braun KO again would w- would work out perfectly fine yeah. too. Yeah. And of course, last but not least, I don't know if this is going to be the main event. I still don't think it should be AJ versus Rusev WWE Championship. Got to put WWE Championship last in the list of these things. Hopefully, it's not. But yeah, I I don't know. Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler, just I mean, try following that. That's all yeah. I can say. It's just, <laughs> you're you're yeah. not going to be able to. It's just mm-hmm. not. Now the question is, after AJ is done. With Rusev, do you go AJ Daniel Bryan? Because this is not Rusev's not getting the strap in this one, kids. I, I'm sorry, it's just not happening. Wow, wow. What's Samoa Joe's status? I mean, they've kind of is he injured? Well, that again, would or? be my that would be my number one choice, but I haven't seen him in weeks, so I don't know what's going on. I think he attacked Ty Dillinger before SmackDown Live, like in main event or whatever the pre-show was, the taped show. So they might just be keeping him away for now, and then have him be the guy at SummerSlam that Styles would face. So fine um, by me. I want yeah. AJ Styles. Versus Samoa Joe would be epic. I, I love that. A, a tiny bit of chemistry in their history between them. Yeah, just, just, a, just a tiny bit. But to have them do it here at SummerSlam in the in oh the New York area in Barclays <laughs> would be very good. And you know what? I mean, I keep saying in New York, but it matters. It matters to it the matters. company. It matters to this company mm-hmm. where these things happen, and it matters what happens and who gets over in New York. It really does. All right, so yeah. there you go. There's our preview. Yeah. And you know, when you're done making a preview – you know what the best thing is to kind of regroup, Tim? I'm blanking. I don't know. Do you know what you do, Tim Heaney, after you've done an entire preview and an entire wrestling podcast, possibly? You know what the best thing to do? You take another week off? You make a list! <laughs> <laughs>
You just made the list. All right, we're going to make our list of top five favorite hardcore wrestlers. Let's start with you, and I see you've already cheated because you put two at number five. <laughs> um, kind of. One act. Um, what, what do you think when you think tables nowadays? You know. Well, I think whenever you think tables, you always think the Dudley boys. Sure. And you, and you got it because you, you actually read my thing ahead of time. So you knew that, you cheater. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, D- Dudley's, you know, I mean, I know there, there were guys that were more synonymous with like hurting themselves in the Dudley's they, because, you know, it was like kind of a spot thing for them. But, you know, ECW, Dudley boys have to work with that and kind of going to be a theme for the next couple of guys here. So uh, number four. Well, Tommy I think Dream. we should do our fives and fours because our three, two, ones are the same. Okay. okay. So maybe well, maybe we should do that. Sure. So let's so let's take your let's take my number five. My number five is sure. New Jack, who's out of his mind. Because mm. when I think hardcore wrestling, the first image that pops in my well, <laughs> at least the first image is New Jack, not wrestling, but just hurting someone. Like, like it's not throwing wrestling. somebody off a balcony. Throwing somebody off a balcony, you know, with a cheese grater on someone's head, like just disgusting, awful things. And I'm not the biggest fan of hardcore wrestling. I mean, in college age, I, I found it more interesting than I do now. Now I just think it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's funny how with age you sour on something that in your youth you thought was kind of cool. It was extreme. And now you're kind of <laughs> like, this is, this is dumb. Like, <laughs> like anybody can do this, you know, if you're just crazy enough to do it. New and Jack yeah. qualifies. Mm-hmm. You know. I think you probably try to murder at least one person. While wrestling. Did you see that clip of him a couple years ago trying to basically yep. murder some guy in the middle of the ring? Like, yep. he actually he actually got sued right for attempted manslaughter. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, he did. This is a real thing. And like, he got community service or something. I don't know what it was, oh. but the guy sued him for like attempted murder. The guy he tried to murder a guy oh. because like a spot went wrong and he just lost his mind and he tried to like stab him with an ice pick or something. I don't More know power that. to you for including him on the list. That's I, right. Well, that's, he's it, extreme. But, he's yeah. extreme. And, All right, uh, num- number four. Number four, a guy who's still working in the wrestling community now. Got to love what he's still hanging around and mentoring and, and doing all this stuff, especially his great feud and impact. I've caught some clips of with Eddie Edwards. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, uh, you know, I think he's a local guy, New York guy, at least somewhat local. Um, yes. Went from former good-looking babyface to extreme <laughs> adored champion guy, you know. We got to catch, catch a House of Hardcore show at some point. I, I mean, haven't been keeping up with the calendar, but. He's, yeah. he's done a, you know, I mean, there's a guy that really found his way in the business and that stuck around yeah. a long time. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I, even, even with the WWE stuff, he's still working pretty good, but some of the ECW classics, he's, he's out with some other guys we mentioned, uh, we'll, we'll talk about. Well, him uh, and Raven had a great feud. The yes. Raven, the Raven Tommy dreamer feud was awesome. I liked Raven. Raven was always one of those guys. And I thought Raven was on this list too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought about him, but then I was like, wow, to me, he's more than a hardcore wrestler. He's more, he was like, always great. Yeah. He was just more mm-hmm. of a great personality. And then. It's yep. funny because he went to WCW and I always felt like that was a bad move for him because yep. that's a company with a, with a base of a fan base that did not, yep. would not respond to that. Whereas yeah. if he had gone to WWE, they probably would have screwed him up too, but the fan base would have gotten him yeah. I think a little bit better. I think he would have played more to that fan base than the I still think he wrestling. Had, that's true. I still think he had one of the best matches Goldberg ever had though. Raven Agreed. Goldberg, so. Agreed. Raven, a very underrated you know, guy, that's another one too. Maybe we should talk about those guys who, you know, do another underrated kind of show or preview sure. of those. All right. No, I number four was Abdul anyway. the Butcher. Yeah. For God's <laughs> sakes, his name is Abdul the Butcher. I mean, oh this God. is another one. He said, like, gross, disgusting human beings. <laughs> like, you just, you know, he's got, when your forehead looks like Swiss cheese, 
that says all you need to know about a guy. Like his forehead looks like somebody ran over it with a motorcycle tire. It looks horrendous. He has a Dusty Rhodes forehead. Yeah. yeah and you hear all the stories about him hurting other people. And, oh, you God. know, that's, that's a guy that I'm already, I, I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of Abdul the Butcher. I'm afraid of New Jack. These are human beings that I don't want to see. All right. So number three uh, is Sabu for both of us. I remember yeah. the first time I saw Sabu. It was Sabu. God, I think it was Sabu RVD or Sabu Jerry Lynn was the first time I ever saw him fight. Another underrated guy, Jerry Lynn. Yeah, sure. another one, like yeah. worker wise. And I was just like, oh my God, this guy's nuts. Like, yeah. He was, <laughs> he was running, jumping off. He put a chair in the middle of the ring. And I went, why is he putting a chair in the middle of the ring? He, puts a, he goes from one end, jumps on the chair, onto the ropes, and then basically just vaults himself into the crowd, onto a guy, onto a table. And I was like, wow. I've never seen that before. <laughs> uh, he, he, yeah, he was energy, man. He was all fun, fun, high-flying to watch. I mean, when I had to catch up on ECW back when I was getting back into wrestling, I was like, oh, my goodness, Sabu, man. He, he, his WWE run was, was sad, but, you know. Well, this great, is another guy, great too, wrestler, great where, wrestler. where his style was just not meant for long-term. Yep. Now, he has a five-year window where you're like, my God, and the RVD yeah. matches are great and some of the other matches he had. But, yeah. like, you know – what you see a lot of now in New Japan, those guys, you know, that's you know, ECW gets a good rap and a bad rap. I think it gets too yeah. much credit sometimes and not enough. And other, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's weird because there's a lot of great wrestling there. You know, you even saw guys like Shane Douglas be very useful there, and, and, and Juan Guerrero, and you know, all yeah, those guys were there for you a know, while. You, you had guys go yep. through that ECW and and had some great moments there and some really great work. And yeah. a different style of wrestling that you were not used to seeing in the big two companies. Absolutely. And our style of wrestling that's evolved over time and you see even more of it now in Ring of Honor, New Japan, and all that stuff. So it's very important there. Number two for both of us, <laughs> Terry Funk, a.k.a. Oh Chainsaw goodness. Charlie, a.k.a. <laughs> the great Terry Funk, who, who I give him credit, you know, towards the latter half of his career when he couldn't go anymore, he just decided to get insane. <laughs> That's how you make this list. Well, he's (laughs) like, you know what? I really can't do what I used to do because back in the day, Terry Funk was a great technical wrestler and then his body just gave out. Mm -hmm. So what does he do? He goes and gets a bag of tacks and he starts just (laughs) whacking people with chairs and he becomes this insane, you know, these, those Japanese death matches. You ever see those? I mean, they're crazy. I've I've seen video. Yeah. Him and Mick Foley are nuts. They're nuts. Mm -hmm. It's terrible. The Funk family was always a great mind. You know, Dory was a solid wrestler too. And, they were, you know, great tag teams and all that stuff. And you, you know what? You adapt if you want to stay in there. And, you know, we, we question his, 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 his mental capacity sometimes with doing the stuff he did. But you know what? By goodness, he, he, he did them. If you do them, you do them. And he did them. I'll say that much. Well said. Yeah. I'm not sure what you said, <laughs> but you said it well. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That, that was awesome. I, I don't even know if I can repeat it. <laughs> That that's gonna be a, a, a drop on the show at some point. <laughs> yeah, if you do it, you do it, and he did it. <laughs> do, I was gonna make a do it, a do baby. <laughs> nice, thanks, Ray Charles. But yeah, there you but, go. But uh, no, Funk Funk was just phenomenal to watch him do all this stuff, even as he got older. You know, it wasn't, but it, you know, there wasn't as much of an element as oh, that's so sad when he did it because he still did it with so much skill. So yeah, and number one on our list, and and uh, look, you know, I know, you know. <sighs> Yeah. Oneida's not on this list. I, I understand that there's some other guys not too. Not even RVD, but he's just a good wrestler wrestler. Matsunaga. So. Like there's a yeah. there's a lot of the Japanese guys that, you know, don't aren't I mean this is we kind of kept it more towards the American version. So don't don't come at me about it. It's just we just kept it that way. Don't but our number me. one is Mick Foley, aka Cactus Jack, mm-hmm. aka Dude Love, aka Mankind. I mean 
no matter how many times you see him go off the top of the hell in the cell, it's still staggering to me. Mm-hmm. What's more staggering to you when he goes off the top or when he goes through the cage? <sighs> through? Because it wasn't planned. Yeah. You, you know it wasn't planned. So, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the fact that he's willing to, to fall off the cage was talks about how hardcore he is in itself. But, you know, you see videos of him jumping off his house onto mattresses. Oh, the, yeah. The, it, it, it was in there. It and was yet, always Mick in there. Foley, also a great storyteller and great wrestler. And, and the course. reason why he's number one is because, you know, of all the guys on the list, only Mick Foley, I think, could have gotten a storyline across, really. Absolutely. I mean, not Terry Funk, original Terry Funk versus Ric Flair Terry Funk, yes. But sure. not later hardcore Terry Funk version. But more yeah. of the, the earlier years uh, of Terry Funk. But to me, Mick Foley, too, he's the only guy that had that blend of hardcore wrestling slash real good storytellers, too. Because, I mean, you got a, millions of other guys. You can go from the Spike Dudleys to the... You know, to the balls Mahoney's of the world. We mentioned Raven Sandman. I mean, there's a lot of guys in the ECW that could have been uh, Vic Grimes is another one that comes to mind. There's, there's a lot of them, right. you know, and there's I mean, a ton in the Japanese area too. Yeah. I mean, let's not forget with all the Cactus Jack stuff he did in WCW. And, and I was there live for the Royal Rumble 2000 street fight with Triple H when he was Cactus Jack. That was amazing to watch. And the Edge Flaming Table stuff, you know, yeah. that, that's, that, that's underrated. doesn't get mentioned as much, but that match killed it because, you know, we, we, we talked about our love for Edge. and it's a ver- Foley was so versatile w- with what he could do. Like you said, storytelling is always there. And he can be the bad guy. He can be the good guy. He, just, he knew the psychology behind everything and, you know, just iconic images. And that's why he's number one for me. So, All right. Parting yeah. thoughts here before we go. Are you watching Glow already? Or you're already- I, I finished. Um, I don't know if you've caught up with it. No, I, I still, I'm, I told you, I, got, I started yeah. watching the first two of season one, and then I went, meh, and I just kind of didn't come back to it. So I don't know. Uh, it, it gets into more And now I'm watching stuff. Vikings. I started Vikings yesterday. so I'll get there, yeah. But I, I, more importantly than Glow, I have to catch up with Lucha Underground because that's, we have to do a show on that at some point in the next coming months before SummerSlam. So. All right, what's the one thing you want to happen at Extreme Rules? <sighs> All right, let me look I know for me it's Dolph Ziggler coming away with the championship. To give it back to Seth makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Dolph has to go over here. I don't care how. I don't care if it means that the next one is is Seth and Drew. That's fine too. That could be a. Few I'll agree. Can... I also I also just say get give Roman Reigns his 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 um his his promising pushback. I know it's gonna sound weird because people already are sick of Roman Reigns, but I think he needs to get back to being a main event guy in the next coming months. So if he jobs to Bobby Lashley, I'm gonna be pissed. Me too. I mean, that's just yeah. that makes. I mean, I can't see that happening. But anyway, I mean, that's Ugh. just. You know, anything's possible. We all know I, that. Yeah, I want a Roman Reigns applause after this match. Yes. I'll say that. I, I'm going to applaud anyway. I'll applaud the whole time. But I want the whole place to do it. I'll say that. Well, I, I think that people will ha- be happy when Bobby Lashley goes down for three count. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Let's have that happen. Please, for the love of God, let's put Bob- – Can we? if we're going to bury somebody – can we bury Bobby Lashley on the card somewhere? <laughs> Can we get him and No Way Jose in a feud? Can we do that, please? <laughs> God, please. All right. If you enjoy the show, you can follow us over on, uh, obviously, iTunes. You can subscribe to us, to the podcast. Rate and review us. Subscribe everywhere where podcasts are around. We are there. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at in this ring at Joe Pisa PS17 and at Tim underscore Heaney. We love interacting with you guys, so make sure you hit us up there on the Twitter machine. For Tim Heaney, I'm Joe Pizapia. That'll do it for us today on In This Ring. But remember, kids, to be the men, you gotta beat the men, and we are the men. Woo!
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.